Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. My name is Verna, and it is glad to be with you today. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We are continuing our series on Why Church? Why Church? Why Church? Um, I, just, uh, I remember during my um, teenage years, I'm from Buffalo, New York. I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. And um, when, during my teenage years, roller skating was so popular. And we had a ball. We, it, we, it was the best of times. Not the best of times and worst of times. It was the best of times. And we skated uh, every Friday and Saturday from 7 to 10.30. And then we went to eat. And then we came back for the 12 midnight to 3 a.m. skate on Saturdays and Fridays. And on often occasions, we had all night skating parties from 7.30 in the morning till 7.30, I mean, from 7.30 in the evening till 7.30 in the morning. And we didn't care if, there, if we had blisters. We just, we just it, was, it was the best of times. And there were skaters from um, Canada that would come over. And it was just, we had a great time. And I was going to church. And then eventually, the, I had church in my heart. But I didn't have the strength to attend church on Sunday morning. Uh, my mother had come, to, uh, come into my room one day, and she said, Verna, she said, we're not going to stop you from going roller skating. She said, we're not going to stop you, but you have to go to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. So, and you know, you, I can't talk, you can't talk back to your mom. I couldn't, you know, talk back to my mom or anything. So if I got in at 3, 4, 5, I was mandated to get up and go to church until eventually it was no longer a mandate. I gave my life to Jesus Christ as a teenager, accepted him as my savior, dedicated my full allegiance to him. And it became voluntary. So even though I went out skating all night, I was still able to get up and go to church and I stayed at church and it's been the best decision of my entire life and it will always be so why church the Pew Research Center is a nonpartisan a fact tank that informs the public about issues attitudes and trends in the world and I have a couple of articles I'd like you to see the uh, headlines. I do have to step out this way. I don't have my uh, glasses for distance, just the glasses for reading. So um, this one is a Pew Research Center, and it's from, uh, this one is May 2015. Uh, a closer look at Americans' rapidly growing religious nuns. Now, the nuns are the religiously unaffiliated 
And this article is from 2015. Next one. This is from uh, Pew Research as well, and I believe this one is December. Uh, I don't see, I can't read that date there, I'm sorry. 2020, okay. About three in 10 U.S. adults are now religiously unaffiliated. And then it gives some of the stats on the bottom of that. Now, this one is from the uh, Barner Group, if we just pause right there for a second. I know some of us like the, um, the uh, Barner Group, and um, that's another research uh, affiliation that is Christian-based. And this is from this group. It says, um, uh, two in five Christians are not engaging in discipleship. And you can, if you can read the dates there. So this is not a new trend. A lot of people are asking, why church? Um, a lot of people are demanding an answer. Why church? People are asking, why do I need to be influenced by the church? People are asking, what is the purpose of the church? There's one more article I'd like to share with you. And this is from, uh, this is from the Barna uh, group as well. And I do advise you when you get some time to please go to these uh, research websites, uh, a lot of important facts about what's going on in Christianity and in the world, if you want to keep yourself uh, abreast. And this is uh, David Kinderman and John Tyson discuss millennials and again the nuns, the religiously unaffiliated, uh, and a renewed vision for the church. And I believe that article is from 2014. And the last one, this is a book that I um, just started reading because I've had uh, an invested interest in uh, this large population of people called the nuns. And this book is called The Rise of the Nuns. And very faded in the background, if you look at that, um, there's a, a box with check marks and just by recall, uh, that first box is Hinduism. If you notice, there's no check mark. The next religion is Muslim. And if you notice, there's no check mark. The next religion, it may or may not be, I'm going off a of recall, is probably Judaism, Jewish. If you notice, there's no check mark. The next one is Roman Catholic. If you notice, there's no check mark. The next one is Protestant. If you notice, there's no check mark. And the last one is nuns. If you notice, there's a check mark. So a lot of people are asking the question, why church? And a portion of that book that was just posted uh, deals with what they call our post-Christian world. So why church? Kind of a pressure question nowadays. Why church? Why attend church? Why believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Years ago, you wouldn't dare to even ask that question. Years ago, it wasn't even a question because it was in the, the fabric of America. 
um, in the family I grew up in and in our customs, it, it was equivalent to oxygen and water. It was just church was a given. It was something that we did. It was something that we do. So I'd like to share with you on today some powerful truths from the scripture that have impacted my life and changed my life regarding why church over the years, year by year. And let me tell you, they are many powerful truths in, in this book that have changed my life. Uh, I've been able to navigate through the most difficult circumstances in life by this book, by Why Church. I learned to, I just, I pulled out like three powerful impacts. And again, as I have stated, there are many. There are, are many. So I'm just going to pull three. One of the things I learned how to forgive and forget. Now, all of us, and I do mean all of us, will go through some difficult times, we'll go through painful experiences, we're going to be hurt, uh, traumatized. This is just a, a part of life. And I, I won't bring up the people because those, those people that hurt me are still, are still living. So I won't bring up any names. Their identities will be protected today, okay? So I, I went through a very uh, traumatic um, experience. And uh, people would just kind of say, well, the Bible says forgetting those things which are behind, for, forget those things which are behind. Just, you know, forgive and forget. Just, you know, forget about it. And I would stand there and, they, and just, you know, forget about it. Just forget, yes, forget those things which are behind. So how do you, how do you forget when trauma has settled in your mind and in your body? It's, it's settled in your mind in the form of stress and anxiety and, and paranoia and all these other things that can go on. And the, and the trauma had settled in my mind and in my body and my digestive system and nausea. And so so and I'm standing there. How do you forgive? And for me, I think the forgiveness was easy. But the forgetting, the forgetting presented the biggest challenge. So how do, you, how do you forgive and forget? So the first thing I did was I decided to choose life. I chose to forgive. Now this is in why church we're talking about. This is in the book. God said, I, 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 placed, I put before you life and death, a blessing and a curse. So in my distress, I chose life. I made it a decision of my will. We all have a will to choose life. I chose life in my pain. I chose to stand on God's word and abide by God's word. And then the next part I did was 
The scripture says, all things work out together for the good to them who love God and are called according to his word. That's why church is in the book. So it took me some time to process this. All things work out together. Therefore, it's, the, it's over the course of life. It's not that isolated incident of pain that is going to work out for good. But God is going to pull all those things, all those pains, all those misunderstandings, all those uh, mishaps. God is going to pull all those things together and they will work out for your good. All things work, this is a part of the process that I took myself through by this word. All things work out together for my good. So what I did was, the hard part was agreeing with God's word, but you have to get to that point. So I, how can two walk together except they agree? So I agreed with God's word that this painful event will work out for my good. And I told, I, and I began to meditate on that and incubate that in my mind. This will work out for my good. I don't know how, I don't know who, I don't know when, I don't know why, but in some kind of crazy way, this is going to work out for my good. And then I redefined what the trauma meant to me. Because it is a choice. You can choose. You can choose life or you can choose death. So I redefine, you can choose. You can choose. So I redefined what the trauma meant to me. That was the final step. Because that's the forgetting. So this word taught me how to forgive and forget. Why church? Another profound scripture, which we'll read in a minute. You can be happy. Most of us want to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. Everyone's looking for happiness. You can be happy. Why, church? You can be happy. Now, this happiness is not as the world has defined it and has influenced us, but happiness according to the scripture. Because the world influences us and says it's material gain. And I'm not saying don't get material. Get, get your material. I, I want some more. I'm going to get some more material. I'm going to work. So, okay. So I'm not talking about that. But when, if you go after material with the wrong mindset, when its novelty, its novelty has worn off, then you're seeking again. You're seeking happiness again. You're seeking happiness. The blind man said, if, if I could just see, I can be happy. But I know a lot of seeing people who are not happy. The amputee said, if I just got my leg back, I would be happy. But I know people who have two legs 
and they're not happy. The poor man said, if I could just get all my bills paid, I would be happy. But I know people that have all their bills paid, and they're not happy. So where is happiness? Happiness, according to the scripture, and this is a tough one. It took me some time to process this. Happiness is in the mind. I'm going to say it again. Happiness is in the mind. Let's look at Proverbs 3 and 13. Happiness is in the mind. And this is, my, this is a wisdom code for me. The, why church? Full of wisdom codes for life. Full of wisdom codes that will keep you on track to abundant living. Full of codes that will steer you away from the enemy who wishes to devour you. Full of codes to keep you out of the path of destruction. Why church? Now, let's, I, I made a statement. Happiness is in the mind. And this was very pivotal for me. And actually, if I'm honest with you, it took me about three years to process it. Because I, 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 I read it and I, I, I couldn't. I said, how can you say happiness is in the mind and I'm dealing with all of this? But I've processed it. And the Bible is right. Happiness is in the mind. Now the scripture says, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Wisdom and understanding are in the mind. Both are in the mind. Wisdom and understanding is in God's word. It's in God's word. Therefore, happiness is wisdom and understanding. Paul the Apostle said, I think myself happy. And I ask you this today. Is it possible that you can think yourself happy? Don't answer it in your intellect, because your intellect's going to tell you no. What is your heart saying? Answer it in your heart. Can you think yourself happy? Can you think on those things that this book told us to think on? Whatsoever things are lovely, honest, pure, of a good report, think on these things. Can you, you don't have to answer out loud, but answer this question sometime today to yourself. Can you, is it possible that you can think yourself happy? Now, with that, the mind has to be renewed day by day. The mind must be renewed day by day. We take care of our bodies every day. We, we, we feed ourselves every day. We clean up ourselves every day. What, what, what are you doing for your mind every day? 
The mind has to be renewed day by day. How do you renew your mind? Why church? Everybody see this? You can be happy. Now I want to share with you uh, a mystery parable. And, and parables are ponderables. You can't just like speed read through them because you'll miss everything, everything. So you have to read, you have to read it, and there's other reads in, in here that you still have to slow down on and don't speed read through it. Just take your time sometimes. I understand we have technology. You can listen while you're in the car. You can listen to the word while you're on your job. There, some things you have to slow down and read, meditate on it, no speed, focus on the scripture. And this is a, a mystery parable taken from St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, just two verses, verses 44 and 45. And Jesus starts with, again, see, the reason why he's saying again is because he wants them to slow down. He's, he said it about three times in this chapter, again, because you, he wants them to grasp a very important PowerPoint here. He wants them to grasp something that is essential for life. He wants them to grasp it. So he keeps saying, again, I say, again, again. So he wants them to slow down. He wants, he wants us to, to pause and, and to grasp this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking godly pearls. The, the, the kingdom of heaven. It's like unto a merchant man seeking, seeking godly pearls. The seeking is the, the, the diligence. The seeking is the persistence. The seeking is the fasting and praying, the consecration that we just got off of. That's, that's, part, that's the seeking. That's the seeking. The seeking is attending services. The seeking is connecting with the body of Christ. The seeking is, is, is prayer, it's reading your, your Bible, it's conforming to the scriptures, it's being renewed in your mind. That's all the seeking. In other words, the seeking is a journey. The seeking is a journey. Verse 46, who when he has found one, one pearl, one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. In other words, he found that one thing, that just that one, that one thing. He found that one thing and he sold out for God. He gave up sin for the pearl. He made a commitment. He made a sacrifice for the pearl, for that one pearl. See, the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is within you. 
this is the pearl of great price, the kingdom of heaven within you. God puts the kingdom of heaven within you. He puts his word in you as you seek him, as you go through that process of taking the journey to get to be more like Christ, to get to know Christ. He puts the kingdom of heaven within you as you follow his teaching. And you've prayed it. You've prayed the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy what? Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And if the kingdom of heaven is within you, you have everything you need to survive. If the kingdom of heaven is it within you, you have everything you need to make it. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You have everything you need to stand. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You can fight the good fight of faith. You can finish the course. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You can go through the trial and come out on top. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You can make it. You can stand. You can survive. You can get through this. You can do it. You can do it. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You can do it. Don't give up. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Why, church? God wants to build his kingdom in you, but you must connect to the church. You must connect to the body of Christ. God uses the church to help us build, to help build the kingdom within you. Why, church? God is using the church to build the kingdom within you, the kingdom that will cause you to stand, the kingdom that will cause you to make it. Why, church? Can we applaud this Bible? Can we applaud the word? Why, church? Can we applaud the word on today? The kingdom of God is within us. God bless you. Our praise team is coming. I'm so encouraged that we can make it on today. I'm so encouraged, and that rekindles in my spirit on days when the journey gets a little hard. I'm reminded that I can do it because the kingdom of God is within me. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter that they're talking about me. Somehow, some way, I'm going to make it because the kingdom of God is within me. It's not my strength, but it's the strength of the Lord. And all I have to do is get up and go. All I have to do is try. All I have to do is get out the bed. All I have to do is get in my car and go do something. All I have to do is put my hands to work and my feet to moving, and God will provide. God will get me through it. Praise team. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start.
You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that, Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you did that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.